Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning everyone on the East Coast, uh, the central region of the United States, and uh, the West Coast. It's a very early morning, about 7 o'clock. This is uh, Kennard Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. Uh, this program is for those who want to know the truth. Matter of fact, uh, not a coincidence, I guess, but this program is about the truth. What is the truth? And how do you know you're being told the truth? Uh, truth is very lacking in this society. Our great God prophesied that that would happen in these end times, that there's not really a love for the truth in American society or around the world like it should be. So I'm going to be talking about that today. Also, uh, we're going to be going over some world events that are occurring that we need to, to pay attention to uh, today on this program. And for those who are used to listening to me on uh, Shabbat on Saturday, I've decided to, or the Spirit has uh, influenced me to to go ahead and have this program on Sunday. Uh, I really think that uh, is a better day at this point uh, because I'm trying to reach as many people as possible while I'm still able to be on the Internet and to be able to speak to um, many people, uh, the potential anyway, online. Uh, this program can be uh, social media in other words, uh, you can use social media to refer the, the program to other people. And I think the most important thing of all is that this program is for free. And I want to make a point here because I, I know one person told me that because I don't charge for my teachings that people may take it for granted. Well, uh, God doesn't think that if a minister or a servant of God preaches for free that what they're preaching is uh, not of the same value, if not more value, than something that uh, has a price tag on it. Turn to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1 states the following, Ho, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. And there's a lot of people right now that are thirsty that need to know the truth. Uh, and he that has no money, come, buy, and eat. 
Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Sounds like he's talking about food, but if you continue to read the next couple of verses, he's not. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in the fatness. So in verse 2 is a prophecy. Now this is the, the book of Isaiah, one of the prophets. Uh, when you really understand it here, the majority of the Bible has been written by prophets, ladies and gentlemen. Or uh, a prophet influenced someone else to write the scriptures, like in Luke. Well, the whole apostolic scriptures is really the word of God. It is the word of God. Uh, the Messiah instructed his disciples or students to write the scriptures, the New Testament scriptures or the apostolic scriptures. So the entire Bible has been influenced by prophets. The first five books of the Bible was written by a prophet, Moses. Uh, the rest of the scriptures, uh, the the people that wrote the scriptures had the spirit of Messiah. The spirit of Messiah is the spirit of a prophet, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so the entire Bible really has been written and influenced by a prophet. The Word of God is a prophet. So I just want you to understand that. So anyway, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 2, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight in its fatness. Verse 3, Incline your ear, and come unto me here, and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. So in verse 3, gives you an interpretation of what he's talking about. He's not talking about food. He's talking about spiritual food. In verse 3, incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live. So pay attention to that. We have to listen to the words of God. How do we listen to the words of God, ladies and gentlemen? What's the primary tool that Yah uses for us to hear the words of God? Well, Hold your place here in Isaiah 55, verse 3. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Starting in verse 14. Well, actually, starting in verse 13, which is a very popular scripture, but is not understood properly. Uh, Romans 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's future tense. It's a process. I know many people say, walking around and say, I'm saved. Well, no, you're not really saved, ladies and gentlemen, until you know for sure that you be, you are immortal. And no human being is immortal right now. I'm going to prove that to you here in a minute. Other than uh, the human being that did live, uh, Yeshua, and of course, uh, I mean, Jesus, and of course, the Father in heaven. Uh, Romans 10, verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard, and how should they hear without a preacher? You have to have preachers. Uh, you have people that that's coming into the truth that tell me, well, I don't need to be taught. The Holy Spirit teaches me. Well, how does the Holy Spirit teach you? Does it come down and say, hi, I'm the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me teach you. You know, they just grab a chair and say, hey, I'm the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's have a Bible study. No, he doesn't do it that way, ladies and gentlemen. This is how he does it, Romans 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? A preacher, 
uh, in the Greek means a herald, a public crier, especially of divine truth. They proclaim and also publish. They write. And everyone wants to be a preacher. But everyone can't be a preacher. Everyone doesn't have the gifts and, and talents and skills to be one. Uh, verse 15, And how shall they preach except they be sent? And they are sent. As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. All right, so just want to clarify that. Let's get back to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 3. Incline your ear and come into me. How, how, how do you come into me? Through his service, through his preachers who preach the truth. Hear. You hear what they say. Stop being rebellious and, and acting like you know more than them and, and all this other silly stuff. It's, do you act that way when you go to a school? And you sit down and, and and you listen to the teacher teach you? Of course not. You respect their knowledge. Well, it's no different uh, if a minister, a true minister of God, speaks to you. You need to listen and respect his knowledge. Isaiah 55, verse 3, Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. See, if you don't listen, he won't make that everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Okay, so mercy is involved with this as well. So I, I, I would like for you to understand this. Uh, Yah desires for you to understand this. You're speaking to me. I mean, you're listening to me right now. And, you know, I'm a servant of Elohim or God. And uh, God wants you to know the truth. And if you're listening to me, he's giving you that opportunity today to know the truth. So anyway, let's let's go over some world events, and I'm going to try to do it as quickly as I can. And then we're going to get into the interesting topic of the truth. What is the truth? How can we tell that we're listening to the truth from a minister of God? How do we can tell? How can we tell if the person that we're listening to is a true minister of God? All right, so let's let's look at um there's a few things that's going on. There's there's a tropical disturbance here uh in the Gulf of Mexico or near it around it. So that may flare up into a hurricane. So uh we need to be paying attention to that. Um I've preached many times on this program and also I have an article that I suggest you read. It's called God and Hurricanes. It's on my website, mercifulserviceofgod.com. You click on the menu bar where it says Bible study articles and click the article God and Hurricanes. I explained that God uses hurricanes to punish. To punish. So you need to to, um, to listen to that. Okay, watch.org. Uh, Egypt right now, which is prophetically happening right before our eyes, this, this situation in Egypt right now. Uh, I'm at World Watch Daily Koenig International News, www.watch.org. It says, Reuters Video, Egypt Unrest Live from Various Locations. Security Forces Storm Protester Held Egypt Mosque, Son of Brotherhood Spiritual Leader Muhammad Badi Killed. 
says the unrest in Egypt has raised international concerns over the country's stability and prompted UN Secretary General Ban Ki moon to condemn the statement to condemn in a statement on Saturday both violent pro- protests in reference to Brotherhood's rallies and the authorities' excessive use of force. So anyway, things are heating up here in Egypt. Things are heating up here in Egypt, and we need to pay attention to uh, what the Bible prophesied in Isaiah chapter 19 about Egypt. And let me read a few verses here in this prophecy. It's pretty interesting because in Isaiah chapter 19, I've talked about this, but I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, Isaiah 19 verse 1, it says, The burden of Egypt, behold, the Lord rise upon his swift cloud and shall come into Egypt, and the idols of Egypt shall be moved at his presence, and the heart of Egypt shall melt in the midst of it. And I will set the Egyptians against the Egyptians. That's what's going on right now. There's a, there's a, uh, exactly what it says here. That's what's going on as I'm speaking. I will set the Egyptians against the Egyptians, and they shall fight every one against his brother, and every one against his neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom. And the spirit of Egypt shall fail in the midst thereof. I will destroy the council thereof, and they shall seek to the idols and to the charmers, and to them that have familiar spirits, and to do wizards. And the wizards, I mean, and the, not the wizards, and the Egyptians will I give over into the hand of a cruel lord. And a fierce king shall rule over them, says the Lord, the Lord of hosts. And the waters shall fail from the sea, and the rivers shall be wasted and dried up. So anyway, I want to quickly go down to, it talks about all the things that are going to occur to Egypt, but the interesting thing about this, is that it leads to the coming of the Messiah. And verse 18, here's the good news. In that day shall five cities in the land of Egypt speak the language of Canaan, which is Hebrew, and swear to the Lord of hosts. One shall be called the city of destruction, and in that day shall there be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt, and a pillar at the border thereof to the Lord. And it shall be for a sign and for a witness unto the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. For they shall cry unto the Lord because of their oppressors. And he shall send them a Savior, that's the Messiah, and a great one, and he shall deliver them. And the Lord shall be known to Egypt. And the Egyptians shall know the Lord. In that day they shall sacrifice. Now Egypt is a type of the world, ladies and gentlemen. And we have heard many years the false doctrine that the sacrifices and offerings that they never will be instituted again, and this this flies in the face of that. That he's going to have the Egyptians, and, and Egyptians again is a type of the world. Uh, the entire world will be offering sacrifices and offerings, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible prophesied correctly that that will occur, and this is one example of it here in Isaiah 19 verse 21. And the Lord shall be known to Egypt. And the Egyptians shall know the Lord in that day. They certainly don't know the Lord now, but they will in that day. It's a prophecy. And shall do sacrifices and oblation. Yes, they shall vow a vow unto the Lord and perform it. And the Lord shall smite Egypt. He shall smite and heal it, and they shall return even to the Lord. He shall be entreated of them and shall heal them. He's talking about spiritually and physically. Verse 23, in that day, and that day hasn't come yet but it, it will. Shall there be a highway out of Egypt to Isaria? In this context, is talking geographically the area of Iraq, the area of the old kingdom of Isaria, which Iraq 
was included. And the Hazarian shall come into Egypt, and the Egyptian into Hazaria, and the Egyptians shall serve with the Hazarians. And that day shall Israel be the third with Egypt and with Hazaria, even a blessing in the midst of the land. Verse 25, whom the Lord of hosts shall bless, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Hazaria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. So this situation that's going on in Egypt will eventually lead to the, the coming of the Messiah. Um, this bad news that we're seeing and hearing all these things uh, that's going on and in Egypt, but the good news is that it's going to lead eventually to the return of the Messiah. So I just wanted to tell you that that what's going on here is major uh, prophetically, and we need to pay attention to that, what's going on. Uh, we also need to pay attention to the weather. Uh, I think the um, those who predict the weather, uh, meteorologists, they were saying that uh, this could be could be possibly. We don't know for sure, but it could be possibly a uh, a rough hurricane season this year. So we need to be praying for Yah's mercy. Um, God does speak uh, in the whirlwind, and He He does His punishing. Um, through hurricanes, and we need to uh, pray that he has mercy on this country. We are committing uh, several sins in this country that he does not like. I think that the biggest sin that we're committing of all right now is this acceptance of homosexuality. He doesn't like that. He's going to let us know that he doesn't like it. Uh, and Nahum, one of the prophets that hardly is probably <laughs> hardly ever spoken about, but He's a prophet too. Nahum 1, verse 3, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. And acquit simply means uh, to to hold guiltless. He's not going to do that. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind, in the hurricane, and in the storm, in the clouds, in the dust of his feet. So he, he communicates through weather disturbances, ladies and gentlemen. And, and he, he gets your attention, and he's going to certainly do that in the weeks and, and days and months and years ahead of us. So, that's uh, world news I wanted to cover. Uh, that's the, really the major world news right now. Um, let, let's go um, domestically here in the United States. Uh, I, I use a website for this called the Economic... Uh, Collapse blog, and let's find out what's going on domestically here in the United States. I'm just going to read some of what he has here. He says, what is going to happen if interest rates continue to rise rapidly? Egypt is descending into civil war, but don't expect Obama to cancel his golf vacation. If this guy is, is what the future of America looks like, we are in big trouble. And he says right here, they are systematically destroying our independence and making us all serves of the state. Why are so many people choosing to leave the United States permanently? And so, you know, these are some good articles. Uh, I suggest you read these. Um, 
the financial collapse of this country is inevitable. It's going to happen unless uh, the leaders of this country and the people repent of the great wickedness that's going on in this country as I'm speaking. Uh, I don't see that happening, so it looks like uh, the prophecies uh, that predict America going down will occur and is occurring. But they, it can be prevented if we as a nation repent, if we repent. But we have to repent, and I don't see that happening right now, collectively, as a nation, unfortunately. Okay, so let's get into the Bible study today. What is truth, ladies and gentlemen? What is truth? Uh, before I even begin this Bible study, let me give you a personal story of myself. Um, the earliest thing that I can remember... I think bumping my head on the pillow or something. I, I don't know. I, I'm still trying to, because I'm 47 years old right now, and uh, it's, it's becoming more difficult to remember <laughs> uh, those days when I was five or six years old. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that I, I sensed at a very early age in my life that I wasn't told the truth, that something was missing in my life. And... As I, as I was growing up, I realized that my parents, my teachers, other people weren't telling me the truth. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I couldn't understand why. Why was I not told the truth? And so that began my, my journey on trying to find out what the truth is, because I didn't know what the truth was at that time. And it got to a point where I asked, it's like Moses asked God to kill him. I asked God to kill me too, because I, I didn't want to live another second not knowing him, not understanding the Bible, and so forth. This happened when I was around 16 and 17 years old, and so back in the 1980s. So um, he started to reveal himself to me, and he's been doing it ever since. And I certainly understand the truth now. And I'm going to reveal to you what he's taught me through his Holy Spirit. So let's begin, though, with a prophecy in the Bible about how our attitude is about the truth in these end times. Isaiah chapter 59 starting in verse 1. I've heard many many ministers, not many ministers, but a few. Anyway, they didn't know the answer to this question. Uh, why does God allow wickedness? Why does he allow babies to die? Why does, why does he allow earthquakes and hurricanes and, and all kinds of weather disturbances around the world? Why, to simplify, why does he allow mankind, why does he allow mankind to suffer? Isaiah 59, verse 1, will help us uh, answer this question. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. So he's capable of listening to you and your complaints and murmuring and, and whatever else that you have and your issues. Verse 2, but your iniquities, sin, have separated between you and your God, and your sins, plural, have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. 
And so, folks, let's focus on this one verse. It's very important. If you don't want to listen to him, and I explain to you how you listen to God, he's not going to come down and talk to you. There's two ways you listen to God. You you read the Bible and take it seriously and tremble before his words. Isaiah chapter 6. Let's hold your place here. Isaiah 59 verse 2. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 66. Verse 2. For all those things have my hand made and all those things have been said, has been, says the Lord. But to this man will I look, and even to him that is a poor of a contrite spirit, a humble spirit, and trembles at my word. You have to take the words of God seriously. Don't believe all this mess that the King James Version is not reliable. Uh, it is. That would be the English translation that you better go by, ladies and gentlemen, because it's backed up by the Strong's Concordance of the Bible, which is an excellent concordance. I don't agree with some people when they say that it's not really good. It is. I know what I'm talking about. I've studied the Bible for almost 30 years now. And it's not, again, the 5%, uh, I think it's even less than that, 1%, was between 1% and 5% error in the King James Version and these other translations is very minimal. The main message of the Bible is there for everyone. If you read the entire Bible and believe it, you will. And if you pray to God, get on your knees, and ask for him to reveal himself to you. He will do that. He will do that, ladies and gentlemen. But you have to, just like you take eating seriously, uh, just like you take your favorite football game seriously, you have to take God's words seriously, ladies and gentlemen, and even more so than your football game and eating and so forth. Just like he said, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You know, people's attitude, they act like they live by bread alone. They focus on food too much. But the the, the, the food you better focus on, uh, more so than physical food, is spiritual food. The This kind of spiritual food that you don't have to pay for, like this program. You don't have to pay for this spiritual food. And this spiritual food is priceless. And you need to pay attention to what I'm telling you, because I am telling you the truth. So help me God. Anyway, Isaiah 59, verse 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. So he won't hear you if you're sinning. Sin, what is sin? What's the definition of sin? Folks, do you know what that is? Let's turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. It says, whoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. What is the law? It's the, the Torah, the instructions of God, the commandments. So if you violate those commandments, you sin. And let's understand something. In James chapter 4, verse 17, it states plainly, Therefore to him that knows to do good, and does it not to him, it is sin. Okay, so it's also referring to people that know better. If you know that something is wrong and you continue to do it, then it's sin. Now, if you don't know, you don't know. It's not sin. No one told you. So God is not going to count that as sin. So let's let's go back 
to Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2. But your iniquities, okay, so we understand what sin is. Sin is when you know to do good and you don't, that's sin. Okay, and it's the transgression of all the commandments of God. So doing, doing good is defined as keeping the commandments of God. And there's many commandments in this entire Bible, not just in the Tanakh or the Old Testament, but also in the apostolic scriptures. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Verse 3, for your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Uh, just reading this verse about defiled with blood, that can refer to and is referring, obviously, to abortions and other things that we do. There's been quite a few babies that have been slaughtered over the years, all because of the abominable 1972 Roe v. Wade ruling on abortion. And your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perverseness. So Yah is looking down all the way into the, this modern age that we live in, in the 21st century. And he's, and he's prophesying to the prophet Isaiah. For your hands are defiled. Oh, verse 4. None calls for justice, meaning the majority. Don't call for justice and no, none plead for the truth. They don't plead for the truth. They don't want to know it. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. And so these verses explain to you why he allows these, these weather disturbances and, and, and suffering because a majority, they know to do right, and they don't do it. They don't do right. Okay? And that is sin, ladies and gentlemen. Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 tells you this Romans 2 verse 9 tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man or life of man that does evil of the Jew first also the Gentile because Jews and those who follow them should know better they understand the Torah the law of God and also the Gentile verse 10 but glory honor and peace to every man that works good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile but there is no respect of persons with God, verse 12, for as many as have sinned without the law, or without Torah, Torah means the instructions of God, uh, that word law that's translated, well, the word law should be translated Torah, the instructions and doctrines of God, the entire Bible, basically, shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. Let me read this in a different uh, translation, a clear translation. All who have sinned outside the framework of Torah will die outside the framework of Torah. And all, so it's possible not to have the full knowledge of instructions of God and still sin and die. That's what the scriptures are telling you. And all who have sinned without the framework of Torah will be judged by Torah. For it is not merely the hearers of Torah whom God considers righteous. Rather, it is the doers of Torah says uh, of what... Torah says, who will be made righteous in God's sight. Verse 14, For whenever Gentiles who have no Torah or no law do naturally what the law or Torah requires, then these, even though they don't have Torah for themselves, are Torah. So there are certain things that the Constitution of the United States, our local laws and regulations, that are uh, 
similar or equal to the commandments in the Bible. And that's what it's talking about, that they weren't directly, uh, many people aren't directly taught toward, but they are nationally taught toward. There's certain things that are certain laws that we've created that goes hand in hand with the Bible. And if they break those laws, they're breaking Torah. That's what that's what this is talking about, basically. And they sin. Because uh, the Bible says everyone sins. Everyone does know, have a sense of what's right and what's wrong. The problem is that the majority of mankind don't understand God's perspective on what's right and what's wrong. That's the problem. But we, all of us as human beings, that we... Most human beings understand it's wrong just to go up and just shoot and blow somebody's brains out for no reason. Okay, everyone knows that. All right. Well, and the Bible says you should not murder. Okay, so that that's natural. People know that that's wrong. Most people know it's wrong to go and and have sex with someone else's wife. I mean, that's just naturally something that most people understand is wrong to do. Most people understand it is wrong to have sex with animals. Most people understand that that's wrong. I mean, God put common sense in each and every one of us. So that's what this is talking about. In verse 15, for their lives show that the conduct the Torah dictates is written in their hearts. Their consciousness also bear witness to this, uh, for their conflicting thoughts sometimes accuse them and sometimes defend them. On a day when God passed a judgment on people's inmost secrets. So most people know it's wrong to pump drugs down uh, in their veins. Most people know that it's wrong to become an alcoholic. Okay, I can go on. Most people know it's wrong to go steal something. So those are things that we naturally know is wrong, and we're going to be judged for it, even though you don't know or understand that the Sabbath should be kept. But you're going to be judged by what you do know, not what you don't know. And remember, sin is also defined as you know to do good, but you don't do it. Okay? So I just wanted to clarify that. So let's go back. How much time do I have left here? The remaining 24 minutes. Uh, let me go back to Isaiah again. Isaiah. Chapter 59. And in verse 4, None's cause for justice, nor any pleas for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Then I'm just going to drop to verse 7. Their feet run to evil. They don't walk to evil. <laughs> they run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Peace. And how do we get peace, ladies and gentlemen? Hold your place in Isaiah 59, verse 8. Let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, starting in one. 65. Great peace have they which love thy law, or Torah, and nothing shall offend them. 
So that's the only way this whole world will have peace, as in Isaiah chapter 2 prophesied that the Torah or the law of God will be all over the world, and that's when we'll finally have peace. Until that occurs, we will not have peace because the majority of mankind, they do not love the Torah. They don't want to know the truth, as Isaiah 59 correctly prophesies here about our society here in these end times. Instead, what we do in, in verse 7 of Isaiah 59, we uh, our feet run to evil, make haste to shed innocent blood. That's abortions. That can be abortions. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their paths. Verse 8, the way of peace they know not. The way of peace is the way of Torah. And there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whoever goeth there and shall not know peace. Verse 9. Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither does justice overtake us. We wait for the light, but behold, obscurity for brightness, but we walk in darkness. If you resist the truth, and I'm going to explain it, the truth has everything to do with the Holy Spirit, but most of all it has something to do with the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It's his spirit. He is the truth. The Bible is the truth. If we resist that, then we will walk in darkness. We will be blind. We won't know what's right and what's wrong. Verse 10, we grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we have no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night in, in desolate places as dead, all because of rejecting the truth. We roar all like bears and mourn like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none for salvation, but it is far from us. When you reject the Bible, you reject salvation, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 12, for our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. So again, sin, you know exactly what you're doing when you're sinning. It's the definition, one of the defin complementary de definitions of sin is you know to do good, and yet you don't do it. That's sin. Verse 13, in transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt and conceiving and uttering from the heart the, the words of falsehood. Verse 14, and judgment is turned away backward and justice stands afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. Verse 15, yes, truth fails and he that departs from evil making himself a prey. I can relate to that one. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm, which is symbolic of the Messiah, brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. Okay, so I just wanted to read this to you to understand that we have a truth problem in society today. We have a truth problem, and it was prevalent also in the first century as the first martyr, Stephen, stated here in Acts chapter 7. This is the problem that we have. Humanity, not just the, the Jews and Israel. Uh, Israel also is not just the Jews, but also our American citizens, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Britons. And, and those uh, other Western nations uh, in Northwestern Europe and uh, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, for proof of this, go to 
Uridavidi's website, www.bsandboyritam.org. Anyway, in Acts chapter 7, verse 51, states the following. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit, or it says Holy Ghost in the King James Version, as your fathers did, so do ye. And in verse 52, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which show before of the coming of the just one, that's the Messiah, for whom you have now been the betrayers and murderers. So basically, all the prophets, including Messiah, because he, he is a prophet as well, has been persecuted, and the Messiah is still persecuted as I'm speaking. Uh, I'm persecuted because I support his message 100%. And I will continue to be persecuted. I know that. But let's understand the Messiah's definition of the truth. Let's understand that. What did he say the truth is? John 17, verse 17. says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And so the Father's word is truth, ladies and gentlemen. Because he was praying to the Father in John chapter 17. And then John 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. All truth, meaning he'll, he'll guide you to all understanding of the word of God. For he shall not speak of himself, but whosoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So he'll also help you to understand the prophetic scriptures. John 14, verse 17. John 14, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, uh, the Bible predicts, accurately predicts, and reveals that the whole world has been deceived. In Revelation 12, verse 9. We've been lied to by a devil. John 14, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know them, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Okay, he was talking to the disciples, but he's also talking to people who are listening to me now and are desiring the truth. Well, the Holy Spirit is working with you right now, but he can be in you as well if you repent and are willing to be immersed in water so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. Anyway, John 14, verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. I'm going to repeat this again. Jesus said unto him, or Yeshua, that's his Hebrew name, I am the way. So he's the way. This word way in the original Greek means the road. He's the progress. He's the means the truth, and the life. So he's three things. The Messiah is the way, he's the road, he's the example, he's the truth, and he's the life. He's three major things there. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And remember, the assembly of Yah, or God, is the body of Christ. And so if you run away from the body of Christ, how can you come to the Father or be with the Father, ladies and gentlemen? So I want you to remember that. All right, so uh, 
here we have the Messiah defining what truth is. And Psalm 119, verse 142 tells you that the Torah or the law of God is the truth. And so the truth, I'm continuing on here with helping you understand what the truth is. Now, the Holy Spirit is is the spirit of the Messiah. So let's go for scriptural proof of that. Now, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Okay, so it's telling you right. And in this context, it's talking about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so he is a spirit, and he is the Holy Spirit. Uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts. The spirit, so that's the Holy Spirit, again, being defined as the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Many people have been incorrectly taught that the Holy Spirit is a third part of the Godhead. That's not true. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Messiah, ladies and gentlemen. Romans 8, verse 9. Romans 8, verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, so the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ are the same, according to the Scripture. And in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 11, states the following. Searching what, or what manner of time in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 11, searching what, or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, he's talking about the prophets, if you look at the context of where this is located, they signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. So all the prophets had the Spirit of Christ or the Holy Spirit in them. And that spirit is the spirit of truth because it's the spirit of the Messiah, ladies and gentlemen. And he stated that he is the truth. So what is the truth? The truth is the Messiah, his spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, the Torah, and the Bible. That's what the truth is. That That's what the truth is. And I must tell you, in these end times, we have a problem with listening and loving the truth. And I have to deal with it uh, constantly. Uh, people just don't want to obey. Uh, they they think that um, they just think that once they obtain the truth, that they don't need to be taught anymore. Uh, I'm still being taught. I have other. I listen to other teachers, and and I study from them. And I learn from them. Whenever you think that you can't learn anything, that's when you don't know anything. Remember that. Second Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. That's a prophecy. There's many false teachers in this world, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, there are some false teachers in the Messianic movement. Some are teaching falsely and they know it. Some are teaching falsely and they don't know it. Uh, who privilege shall bring... Okay, let me read this in a uh, better or clear version in this. The 1965 Bible in basic English. But there were false prophets among the people, as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly put forward wrong teachings for your destruction. 
even turning away from the Lord who gave himself for them, whose destruction will come quickly, and they themselves will be the cause of it. So if someone's teaching falsely and they know it, (laughs) you're not going to really, let's just put it this way, the Bible plainly reveals you'll be destroyed if you're purposely teaching incorrectly. Verse 2, and a great number will go with them in their evil ways, though whom the true way will have a bad name. And that, I'm experiencing that right now. You know, I've been actually, right now I'm being persecuted uh, for teaching correctly that the Messiah kept the Sabbath uh, by not only resting on the Sabbath, but also assembling uh, at a Jewish synagogue. Uh, That was his habit, as in Luke 4, verse 16. Well, I'm being persecuted because I'm teaching the true way of how to keep the Shabbat. And the true way is having a bad name among these individuals. Verse 3, And in their desire for profit they will come to you with words of deceit, like traitors doing business and souls whose punishment has been ready for a long time and their destruction is watching for them. And I know these people have uh, falsely accused me of wanting to make money and deceiving people. That's a joke. Uh, The money that these individuals gave me uh, did not support my livelihood so it was i appreciate the, the contributions but you know just like paul and it's like the other apostles in yeshua who was a carpenter i also have a secular i, I do things outside of the bible to support my living because if i didn't i'd be out in the street somewhere so so uh, and plus i have uh, other people in my family help me out as well so i, I don't depend on the people giving uh, me contributions, and, and neither did Paul. And I, I'm going to follow Paul's example. He worked as a tent maker, and so will I. But it is nice to, to receive contributions because the Bible commands that uh, whenever you do hear, listen to a true preacher of Yah, then you should give to them. So when you give to me, you're not doing me any kind of favors. Uh, you're just obeying Yah anyway. But anyway, Second um, Timothy. Chapter 3, verse 1. This know also that in the last day perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with various lusts. Now here's a verse I want to point out to because I, I, I see this among um, the assembly of Yah in this end time. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The knowledge of the truth is acknowledging that Yeshua is the truth, that the Holy Spirit is the truth, that the Torah is the truth and the Bible is the truth, and that's what we need to go by. And verse 8, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, as talking about the uh, the magicians uh, that were trying to uh, compete with Moses, the miracles that he was doing, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. So, that's what's happening in this in these end times, ladies and gentlemen. We have to, to pay attention to that and run away from people who aren't preaching the truth and stay away from them. First uh, Timothy chapter four, verse one. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, at the times of the twenty first century, some shall depart from the faith, 
giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And it's possible to have your conscience seared with a hot iron where you're stubborn and don't listen to people. And I, I experienced that. It's unfortunate when it happens. Hebrews 13, verse 9, Be not carried about with various and strange doctrines. I've heard all kinds of strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not, well, it's talking about something else, but he's giving an example. But it said we're not supposed to be carried away with various and strange doctrines. And unfortunately, I find the flock, some people, some of the flock being carried away with strange doctrines. So we have to be very careful that not to allow that to occur. All right, let me quote this last. I wanted to quote some other scriptures, but I have to finish up here in the remaining time that I have here. So let me go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, starting at verse 9. If you have any other questions about this Bible study that I'm giving about the truth, please email me at kennard at mercifulservantsofgod.com. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, starting at verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Hasatan, or Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So the anti-Messiah is going to be a a liar, the greatest liar who ever lived as a human being. Verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not to love the truth. So you can't just receive the truth. You have to love the truth, ladies and gentlemen. You have to love and be willing to die for it if necessary. And if you're not willing to die for the truth, then you're not you're not going to, to make it in God's kingdom. I'm telling you that right now. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. If you don't love the truth, you're not going to be saved, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 11, And for this cause shall God himself send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth. We are going to be damned, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't believe the truth. If we don't believe... That Messiah is the way. If we don't believe that he's the Holy Spirit, that his spirit should dwell in us, that that we should believe the entire Bible, live by every word of God, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. All right? Uh, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. So we can't do that. That's the, that's the spirit of anti-Messiah, when we don't love the truth and don't believe the truth. You're going to damn yourself in the lake of fire. The truth is the doctrines of Messiah, which if you don't comply to those doctrines, then you're in bad shape. That's all i got to say about it. You're in bad shape. And you have to repent of that. In Second John verse 1, verse 9, Second John 1, verse 9, Whosoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of Messiah, has not God. You don't even have God in you. You don't have the Holy Spirit in you, the, the Spirit of Messiah in you, because he's the Word of God, and he is God too. If you, if you don't abide in his teachings, which is the entire Bible, then you don't have God. He that abides not in the doctrine of Christ, he, he that abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. So you have to abide in his teachings, which, the, which is the entire Bible. He is the Word of God. And if you don't, then you don't have God. And in verse 10 it says, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house. 
neither bid him Godspeed. For he that bids him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. So that that is a that is a uh, a warning, ladies and gentlemen. And then John chapter eight verse thirty two to thirty uh, John chapter eight verse thirty two to forty seven goes into detail. Well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to I'm going to continue to uh, go on with this Bible study. It's some important points I need to bring out. So um, I'm going to go ahead and have you listen to a commercial that I created. And it's about giving, and uh, please take the time to give to this work. Uh, you can go to mercifulservantsofgod.com, click the Donate button, and I'll explain how you can do that. And I'm going to go ahead and have you listen to a commercial about giving, and I'll be right back. This ministry gives biblical teachings for free, and we will never sell our teachings. The Lord commands us to give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. This is found in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so have the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 to 14. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. This is found in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. We are not a 501c3 church or religious organization that is associated with the federal or state government of this world. Therefore, your contributions to this work of Elohim God are not tax deductible. However, we appreciate any tithes, offerings, or donations you are willing to give to this work of God. Your contributions will help us to continue to preach the good news of the peaceful and wonderful kingdom of God to as many people as possible over the Internet. To help us preach this important message to as many people as possible, go to our website, MercifulServiceOfGod.com, and click the yellow Donate button. Thank you. And may God bless you. Okay, so I'm going to continue on with this Bible study. Um, I'm not going to be live here in the next 48 seconds here. And you can listen to the rest of this Bible study, this important Bible study in its entirety, uh, in the next, I think, uh, 15 minutes after I get done. Uh, which, uh, yeah, it should take me about, um, I would say, another 10 minutes to get done, and then you should be able to listen to uh, the full message here uh, around, uh, I would say, um, 12 o'clock. All right, so may God bless and keep you uh, for those that are getting ready to not listen to me anymore here. <laughs> and I'm going to continue on and, and, and give this message in its entirety, and you can pick up the rest of the message in the archives. I would estimate around 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Shalom. Peace. All right, so let me continue on here. I'm on and uh, and the uh, recording uh, status of this uh, program. Uh John 8 verse 32. John 8 verse 32. States the following. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. 
Actually, before I even quote that scripture, let's, let's turn to John chapter 18. John chapter 18, starting at verse 37, states the following. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? And then Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end will I was born. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. So everyone that is of the truth, in other words, if you believe in the Messiah and you do what the Messiah did, you live by his example, then you hear the truth. And you hear his voice, because he is the truth. In John 18, verse 38, Pilate said unto him, What is truth? <laughs> he didn't know what, what was truth. And so I'm going to let the Messiah, again, I've already quoted several scriptures that he how he defined the truth, but uh, I'm going to quote some more. In John chapter 8, starting in verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. All right, so let, let's stop there because we are incorrectly taught that it's by grace that we, we have a license to sin and we can do whatever we want, and so forth. And that, that is a, that's a great false teaching. And that teaching needs to stop, ladies and gentlemen, because grace does not do that. Grace does not give you the license to sin. And grace gives you the power not to sin, ladies and gentlemen. And so that that's what grace should do, is give you the ability uh to not sin. Just like it says in Hebrews 12, verse 28, whereby receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The grace gives you the power to serve him. Okay, not the power to do whatever you want and sin, and don't worry about it. I mean, that that's not what grace is, ladies and gentlemen. So let, let's understand that. All right, so let's getting back to the definition of truth and how does it set you free. Does it set you free to do whatever you want? No. Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 22. Being now, but now being made free from sin, and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So you're free from sin, from the curse of sin. What does sin ultimately cause, ladies and gentlemen? Hold your place in Romans 6, verse 22. And let's turn to uh, James chapter 1, verse 15. James chapter 1, verse 15. It says, Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished... If you don't repent of it, brings forth death. And that's talking about the second death, folks. It's not talking about the first death, that all must die. It's talking about the second death. Uh, Romans 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. It's talking about the second death. But the gift of God is life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So eternal life is living forever. Death is eternal death. That's what that's talking about. In 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 15. 
For so is the will of God that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. And many people are doing that. They're, they're using their freedom to sin. And you shouldn't do that, ladies and gentlemen. Galatians 5, verse 13. Galatians 5, verse 13 states the following. For brethren, you have been called into liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And many people don't know what love is today. And I have to explain to him what love is. Second John chapter 1, verse 6 tells you the definition of love. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. Okay, walking after his commandments is love, ladies and gentlemen. And in 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 2, rather. 1 John chapter 2. Starting in verse 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation or covering for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the entire world. Verse 3, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And verse 4, He that says, I know him, and keep not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Truth is synonymous with commandment-keeping, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't keep the commandments, you don't live by the truth, and you don't have the truth in you. Verse 5, But whosoever keepeth his word, here we go again, the word of God is the truth, and in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. In verse 6, He that says, saith he abides in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walked, he's talking about the Messiah. He's our ultimate example in the context of commandment keeping. The Messiah is a commandment keeping being, and so should we be as well. In Hebrews 13, verse 8, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if the spirit of Messiah is in you, it's a big if, then you're going to be keeping the commandments, and you'll be inspired to keep the commandments as well. Psalm 119, verse one. 45, uh, sorry, Psalm 119, verse 45, Psalm 119, verse 45, Psalm 119, verse 45, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts, so this is how you walk at liberty, by seeking the precepts of God, or seeking his law, okay, his law. The statutes and judgments. That's how you walk at liberty, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you walk at liberty. So let's understand that. And let's obey that. And let's uh, stop playing games here. And and, uh, realize that we must obey the words of God. In these end times, ladies and gentlemen, it's very important for you to wake up and realize that we have all been deceived about religion, about other things as well. And God's servants are trained to teach you the truth. And you and you must acknowledge that and, and respect that and realize that... Uh, there's people that are qualified to teach, and there's people that aren't qualified 
to teach. And in 2 Timothy 2, verse 24, this is one of my jobs here, and a servant of the Lord, and I'm certainly one of his servants, must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. That's how you repent. You, you acknowledge the Messiah, that you must follow his example. You acknowledge that is through his spirit, the Messiah's spirit, that you will be saved. You acknowledge that the entire Bible must be taken seriously and, you did, and that you must obey it. And you acknowledge that the entire Bible is the instructions and doctrines of Yah. Uh, the the Tanakh is the Torah or instructions of Moses. The reason why it's called the instructions of Moses because God used Moses to to give the Torah instructions to, to mankind. And then you have the writings, which were written, a lot of those writings were written by the prophets, too, that were following Moses' example. And then you have the apostolic scriptures that are ultimately written by a prophet because the Word of God instructed uh, the the writers of the apostolic scriptures to, to write those inspired scriptures. But I read to you that all the prophets had the Spirit of Messiah in them. And the Spirit of Messiah is the Holy Spirit, and everyone that wrote the Bible had the Holy Spirit in them. So they had the spirit of a prophet in them. So the entire scriptures were written by a prophet, the Word of God. So let's understand that. And one of the biggest uh, mistakes that people make when trying to interpret the Bible, and I find this in so many situations, uh, Second Peter chapter one, verse twenty says, "Knowing this, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation." And people put their own thoughts into the Scriptures, and that's how they twist the Scriptures to their own destruction. And that's how they become blind uh, spiritually, and they don't know what they're doing, and don't know what they're saying, and they don't know how to keep the law correctly because they don't want to obey the Scriptures. Second uh, Peter one verse twenty one for the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit which is the spirit of a prophet the Messiah so let's understand that ladies and gentlemen and First Peter one verse twenty two First Peter one verse twenty two Seeing you have purified your souls. This is, how do you purify your life? In obeying the truth. You have to obey the truth to purify your souls. If you don't obey the truth, what is the truth again? It's the Messiah. It's his spirit. It's the Torah, the entire instructions of God. And the Bible, the word of God. Matthew 4, verse 4. We must live by every word of God. The Messiah is the word of God. If we see any example of how to keep the Torah by the living word of God, which is the Messiah, then we must do as he did with the best of our ability. And if we don't, we are not obeying the truth, which is the Messiah. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit, through his Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Love one another with a pure heart fervently. Love is keeping the commandments. It's keeping the commandments. I'm trying to break this down in a way that you would understand, in a clear way. 
it's very important that you understand what the truth is and what it isn't. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, starting in verse 32. And he says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So you understand, I hope, what that means. Free from sin. Free from the curse of sin, which is death, eternal death. John 8, verse 33. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed. And if you don't believe that, because uh, some people are teaching incorrectly that you'll be able to live corrupted, that... Uh, God will allow people outside the gates of Jerusalem, uh, holy, the holy city of Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, be corrupted eternally, and that's not true. And Luke chapter 13, verse 2, reveals this not to be true. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans, because they suffered such things. Luke 13, verse 3, I tell you, nay, but except you repent by acknowledging the truth and loving the truth, you shall all likewise perish. And in verse 5, again, he repeats, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Okay, so this is the Lord's words here. Are you going to believe the Lord's words, the word of God's words, or are you going to believe your own and put your own interpretation into this? Uh, perish means destroy, <laughs> to totally be destroyed, ladies and gentlemen. That's what the Messiah is telling you. All right, John chapter 8. Verse 32, verse 33 of John chapter 8. To answer him, we be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How say, sayest thou, you shall be made free? And then John 8, verse 34, Jesus answered him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. What is sin again? Sin is the transgression of the Torah, and sin is also when you know to do good and you don't do it. That's sin. Verse 35, and the servant abides not in the house forever, but the Son of God abides forever. See, so the servant of sin is not going to be abiding in the house forever, but the Son of Man abides forever. So that tells you the fate of the devil. Anyway, he's not going to be eternally living forever. John 8, verse 36, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Free from Sin, free from the curse of sin. Okay, that's what it's talking about. Verse John 8, verse 37. I know that you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. So they don't have the Holy Spirit, obviously. That's what he's saying. They don't have his spirit. Verse 38. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. So there's two fathers. There's a father that's in heaven, and there's a father that's ruling this earth right now, a wicked father. Verse 39, they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto him, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. So he's implying and suggesting that we do the works of Abraham, which one of those works was tithing. Anyway, verse 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. And I can relate to that because I have people right now that are hating my guts because I speak the truth. Verse 41, you do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. They're slandering him here. We have one father, 
even God, or they're, they're talking false about him. Verse 42, Jesus said unto him, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God, which is another Bible study. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Verse 43, Why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear or understand my word. And this is the reason why. Many people don't understand what I'm saying on this program. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, the beginning of the creation, and abode not in the truth, because there is no Torah in him or no instructions of God in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar of it. So he created lying. It certainly didn't come from God. Verse 45, and because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. And I can relate to this because anybody that supports the message of the prophet, the prophet, the greatest prophet who ever lived, will be persecuted like he was, and I am. And anyone else that, that supports this message and preaches the true message of the true Messiah will be persecuted. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Verse 46, which of you convince me of sin or can prove that he can sin or, or sin and if I say the truth why do you not believe me verse 47 he that is of God hears God's words you therefore hear them not understand them not because you are not of God and that's a plain definition of who is the children of God and the children of the devil ladies and gentlemen plain and simple as that and that helps you to understand Matthew chapter 13 for those who are struggling to understand that. But anyway, that is something that you need to understand. The Lord's definition of the truth, that the truth is lacking in society, that the truth is the Messiah, the Messiah's spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, the Torah, the instructions of God, and the entire Bible, and that we must live by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Matthew 4 verse 4. And if you're not willing to do that, then you are going to be blinded, ladies and gentlemen, and you must be willing to be corrected. If you're not willing to be corrected, then you're not going to be able to understand the words of God. You're not going to be able to understand the words of God. And Proverbs 1, verse 22, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. God calls you a fool if you hate knowledge. Verse 23, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. And so if you don't listen to the words of God, if you don't listen to a servant of God, preach those words of God to you. Because that's primarily how you're going to learn anything. How did you learn anything from your parents? Your parents taught you. Well, the same thing. You have spiritual parents that teach you the words of God. And those spiritual parents are, are elders and, and, and ministers. They teach you the words of God. And you must listen. If you don't, then you're, you're rejecting God. Proverbs 1, verse 22, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and you refuse, I have stretched out my hand and no man regard. He doesn't do it literally. He does it through his ministers. But you have set not at my reproof all my counsel and would not with none of my reproof. And he says here, he warns you, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. 
When your fear comes as desolation and your destruction comes as a whirlwind, as a hurricane, when the stress and anguish come upon you, shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, just like I explained to you in Isaiah chapter 59. But they shall not find me, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, which is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil and, and to acknowledge the truth. Proverbs 1 verse 30, They would none of my counsel, they despise all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. So you can be prosperous all you want, but in the end it's going to destroy you if you don't have God in your life. But whosoever hearkens unto me shall dwell safely, and he shall be quiet from fear of evil. So remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that. So, with that, may God bless you and keep you. And God willing, I'll be available to speak to you next Sunday at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 